Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Asato Masadagamaya Tamaso Homaham Jyoti Gamaya Mrityohormam Amritam Gamaya Avi Ahavi Maidhi Rudra Yate Dakshinam Mukaham Om, lead us from the unreal to the real. Lead us from darkness unto light. Lead us from death to immortality. And reach us through and through ourselves. And evermore protect us from ignorance by thy sweet, compassionate face. So my subject this morning is Know Thyself. And we're going to be talking about doing introspection and about the quest for self-knowledge. In the Mundaka Upanishad, there's a famous verse that goes like this, Yasmin dyo prithivi chantarikshamotam manasaha Pranaishya sarvai tam evaikam janata atmanam anyavacho vimunchata amratas yaisha setuhu. Sometimes I quote Sanskrit verses. It shows you what we're discussing this morning. It has been discussed thousand years ago in the Upanishads. The same subject, the same that that is this is philosophy. We're dealing here. We're 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 asking ourselves an age-old question about the nature of the self. And in their verse there it says, that on which the whole universe, that is the sun, the moon, and the interspaces, and the mind and the heart, all on which are woven, that is the self. Know that self. Give up all of their vain talk. This is the bridge to immortality. <coughs> the injunction in the Upanishad is to know yourself. The same teaching we find in all wisdom traditions in the world, in the ancient Greek, the ancient Greek temple of Apollo. There is an inscription over the entrance, and that inscription reads, Know thyself. The idea is, it seems like it's an injunction. It's an injunction which seems to be simple enough And yet, the self is the greatest of all mysteries. By ourselves, by myself, usually I mean a composite being, the existential I that I consider myself to be is a a compound of the body, of the mind, of the soul, of the spirit, So let's try to understand this ancient injunction, know thyself. 
What does it mean? Well, the first commonsensical answer that we can understand when we think of ourself, if someone asks you about yourself, we think of our physical self. That is, we think of our body. And if we take, a, we're going to kind of approach this in a phenomenological way, just, just trying to examine and see what we mean here when we, when we use here this word self, know thyself, what does it mean? Well, first thing it means, know something about, know your body. Your body is called in Sanskrit, the Annamaya Atma. Annamaya means made of food. That is, this is, this, is your, this is your gross physical body, your flesh and blood body self. Yourself is a great, is the source of all value. You should value yourself. And therefore you should value your body self. That's a source of value. Don't dissociate from the body. Don't deny your bodily self. Rather, we should affirm ourselves. Don't be a despiser of the body. Your body is, yourself is a value. You should value yourself. You should attend to your body self, the Andamaya Atma. You should, uh, that is the injunction here, know thyself, means uh, understand that uh, more about yourself. Attend to yourself, commit yourself to the values of physical health, of high-level wellness, of vigorous uh, uh, self-empowerment and self-strength. In the rules of the of this lineage, is is uh, part of the Ramakrishna order, a monastic order of monks. And in the rule, one of the rules there, in the first part of the of the rules of the monastic order, is written by Swami Vivekananda, the founder of this Vedanta society. It says there that the preservation of health, by that he means your annamaya atma, your physical self, the preservation of health is the first of all sadhanas. Sadhana means spiritual practice. It's a spiritual practice. So already we have some knowledge. Know thyself means understanding the content, that is, that I am a body, but I also, I know that I'm not just a body. If I'm doing introspection, that, I'm, that I am my body, but I'm not just a body. I'm something more. That is, I am a body and I am a mind. And uh, know thyself, therefore, must mean know something, of know your mind. In Sanskrit, it's called the mano maya atma the self, which consists of the mind. And the injunction then is, know your mind. Yourself is a value. You are your mind. Therefore, you should value your mind. Your mind is, is, is your manomaya atma. It's part of yourself. And uh, know thyself there means something like... Uh, getting clear 
about what your about your identity as your mind. That is the sum total of your thoughts and your feelings. You are if you are the if you are your mind, then you are the sum total of your thoughts and feelings. We need to the injunction then is to get clear about what are your what are your thoughts, what are your beliefs. See, it's a call to introspection. It's asking us, what is your philosophy? What is your sum total of your beliefs that lie at the foundation of your, of your psyche? That's part of self-knowledge. And uh, so the injunction here is to do self, self-analysis. As the Greek philosopher Socrates says, the unexamined life is not worth living. Unless you know your mind self that is, your sum total of your beliefs, your thoughts, and your desires that lie in the mind, you're not fully clear about yourself. Let's say you have a mirror, and you go and look in your mirror, and there the mirror is kind of, it's all smeared up, and maybe there's, a, maybe there's dirt covering the mirror. You look, you see, you don't get a clear idea about who yourself. The injunction is know thyself, but you can't see yourself. Therefore, we need to get clear about our mind self. Of course, we know that when we talk here about the manomaya kosha, they also speak of pranamaya kosha. That is, when we talk here about our mind, we're speaking here about the, when they say know yourself, they mean know your mind and your heart. Your heart is your feeling self. Feeling self partakes of the, the pranamaya atma. Your feelings are an integral part of yourself. Uh, therefore, you need to value your feelings. You value yourself. Yourself is the source of value. Therefore, you want to get clear. You want to honor your feelings. You want to get clear about your feelings. You, don't, you want to uh, understand and know about your Feeling self. People say, well, I, yeah, but I know my feelings. Well, no, no, you don't. No, people don't know. For example, your feeling, there's two fundamental feelings. In yoga psychology, it's called raga and dvesha. That means, that means attraction and repulsion. That means what you want and what you don't want. Ask yourself a simple question. Are you clear about what you want? Do you know what you want? Most people don't. I don't know. I, you ask yourself, see, if you know what you want and can define what you really want, you can get it. You can achieve it. You can have it. You can become that. But if you don't know what you want, this is the predicament of, of uh, all of man, human predicament. We don't know what we want. And therefore, we don't know who we are. And... Uh, well, you don't know who you don't know what you want because you don't know who you are. But it's a vice versa. It holds true also. So, uh, know thyself means know something about know your know your inner self. That is your mind and your heart. We know, of course, is that your mind, your mind self, your feeling self, is. Uh, is uh, like a mansion. 
a mansion is like a mansion of your of the psyche. And that psyche it has not only ground floor, but it also has an upper floor and it has a lower floor. And so we're talking about knowing your mind and heart. We're talking about holistic knowledge. And therefore, the injunction here of know thyself uh, means that you have to go up into the upper floors and you have to go down in explore and down into the lower subterranean regions. That is, in our quest for knowledge, we need to venture down into the unconscious and to look around and to and to see ourselves in the underworld of the mind. The fact is, is that most of our thought, feeling, and behavior is controlled and, and dictated and prompted by and driven by unconscious desires, by unconscious beliefs. And insofar as we are unconscious of those desires and beliefs, uh, we're unable to analyze them, whether they're good or they're bad. As a result of which, we find ourselves that lead because those are, those are repressed. They cause a lot of problems like their neurotic problems and dysfunctional behavior. It is this, the first requirement for the practice of yoga before you are allowed to, in giving you the old-fashioned ancient uh, attitude, before you're allowed to even hear about yogas, different kinds of advanced spiritual practices, you're expected to be an adhikari, that is a fit disciple. What's the, what is the, one of the first qualifications here of a fit disciple is, is that you're an integrated person. You're a whole person. You've done your inner work. You, you're not neurotic. You're not, you're not, you're not dysfunctional. <laughs> Given that, they assume that's, that's the baseline. They assume that's not the case. Otherwise, you have to go somewhere else. And uh, so the, there's a whole hidden world then of ourself, know thyself, hidden below the surface. Similarly, as it is below the surface, similarly it is above the surface. We're used to living on the ground floor. And therefore, we look around, and that's what we know of our waking state but the fact is, is that there is a there is a higher level of our mind. It's called the superconscious. The superconscious means it doesn't mean like you're Superman or something like that. It just means superconscious means above your conscious state, of which you're not aware. It's unconscious, but it's not below the conscious. It's above the consciousness. That is the source of all of your of all of your future potential of all of your gifts, of all of your talents, of all of your, 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 your divine, your, your, all the skills, things which you haven't yet discovered about yourself. That lies in that upper region of the self. You are the self, that is, you are yourself like a flower. The flower grows. The purpose of a flower is to grow. It's to blossom bloom and put out leaves, to blossom and to, and to, to bloom and to blossom and, and, and manifest its full nature. Similarly, it is with each person. This is the momentum of our personal life is to expand and to become whole. That means to become, to, to, to manifest our full potential. We cannot rest 
We cannot have peace of mind until we've manifested our full potential. To do that, we need self-knowledge. Therefore, the injunction is know thyself. I remember that we had in our monastery in San Francisco, a young man came to our Sanskrit uh, class, and he attended for a long time. He was uh, he used to work on what is it Caltrans? That is, he'd go out and he'd work on the roads and the highways during the day. In the evening, he would come to the Vedanta Society. He was interested in the monastery and in Indian philosophy, but he was really kind of searching for his meaning and direction in life. He didn't really know what he wanted to do in his life, and so he'd come to the class and he'd sit there. Well, time passed, and he returned to uh, his hometown in, in uh, Houston, Texas. And there, he, not knowing what to do, he signed up for some courses there at the university. And here he is, maybe about uh, maybe 25, maybe 30 years old. He starts taking these courses, and he thought he would take a course in drawing and art. And he took this course, and he discovered that he had this, that he had like this, like this, this divine gift of being, a, and which he never thought of, which it never somehow it had been been under a veil for all those years. He started drawing these pictures. When he returned to San Francisco, just months later, a year later, he had his these paintings. You're stunned and amazed to see these paintings that look like Rembrandt and all kind of original and new, a whole new perspective. And uh, it's just, it left an impression on my mind because I thought, you see, this is an example of a kind of a, a revelation, how it came to him, a kind of a hidden power, a hidden talent, uh, some knowledge about, he knew, learned something about himself that he didn't know that helped to define his whole life. This story, or this account here of his experience suggests a deeper understanding of this of the injunction here know thyself because know thyself is at some point a call to knowing what is our dharma our dharma means the word dharma just means what is your natural duty what is your calling what is your life's work um, it is about Discovering what is your what is your purpose in life, and the idea is in yoga psychology that each one of us comes to this incarnation, the course of the great wheel of transmigration. We're born on this earth with a with, for a purpose that we have in a <laughs> we, that we have a we have a, a a a mission. We have a message. We have something to do. We have something to achieve. We have something to say. And just as an actor who comes on the stage, he comes on stage, he has a, he knows there. He's there for a reason. He's not just wandering on the stage, wandering around. He's there for a reason. He knows his reason. And uh, this is his dharma. He knows what he, he's there to do and there, uh, what he is there to, to say. The tragedy of human life, of course, is that Many of us, we don't know our dharma. We don't know our, what, is our, what, what is our purpose, what is our destiny. And uh, therefore, 
therefore, we're kind of uh, we're unclear as to what is our mission and message. In order to understand that, we need self-knowledge. What is the injunction? Know thyself. We have to know more about ourselves in order to determine what is my dharma. All the yogas, um, karma yoga in particular, but all of the yogas, assume that you know, uh, that is, that all the yogas are about, about how to do your dharma, how to do your dharma. But before you can learn those yogas which teach you how to do your dharma, you've got to learn is, what is your dharma? That requires self-knowledge. And uh, therefore, the injunction is, know thyself. Know thyself. So, we're just trying to figure out. Here we have the aphorism. What does it mean, trying to understand what, what does it mean just by looking at myself? And as you'll see in this talk, there's going to be shifting, there's going to be floating signifiers. That means you've got, you got the word self is going to gradually start shifting and changing its meaning. The word is is going to start shifting and changing its meaning. But up to this point, we can see that the injunction, know thyself, it's carried us a long way. And uh, following that injunction, just following our common sense, what it means, uh, it requires that we honor and empower our physical body. It requires that we... uh, express our feelings, that we manifest, become aware of, and express and integrate our feeling self. It requires that we uh, define our mind self, that we see clearly the contents of our own mind, that is our belief system. Our belief system lies at the foundation of our psyche. It determines all of our feelings, our speech, our actions, our behavior. Know thyself means get clear about what is your philosophy. That is, what are the fundamental beliefs that lie at the foundation of your psyche? That's self-knowledge. And uh, this this requires is that we uh, know thyself. It requires that we go down into the unconscious, that we integrate our unconscious beliefs and desires, which have as much or more influence on our behavior than our conscious mind, and it requires also that we, that we explore and discover our hidden potential, which lies in the superconscious and which will be the source of all of our future development. It requires that we have find and discover our dharma, our life's work. And uh, so, it's, so we've gone pretty far following, that, following the injunction if you were to follow the injunction and, and kind of act on all the implications of what that means, know thyself, we would find that uh, we've come a long ways. We would find that we're, that we're success, more successful. We'll find certainly that we're more integrated. We'll find that we're more uh, 
that we are more actualized. The goal that we've reached at this point is is called self-actualization. That means the flower has grown, it it, it bloomed, we become a whole person. And uh, as a result of which, maybe that, maybe this is where many of you, all of you, are at this, kind of at this stage today. As you're successful, you're, you're uh, integrated, you're self-actualized, realize the American dream. That's what the yogis, you see, when, for the yogis, that's what they want. They want somebody who's reached the pinnacle of their success. Who has who is who is an embodiment of all every all these qualities we we've understood, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, in all the different dimensions of our life, we're a roaring success. That's very good, and uh, that's right, that's kind of uh, uh, now we're at a threshold crossing. Now there's a threshold crossing because even now we begin to realize. That even with all this self-actualization, that we still feel a kind of an existential dissatisfaction. We still feel a kind of a doing introspection. Then in the midst of all this success, we feel an inner emptiness, an inner meaninglessness about life, a kind of a lack of self-fulfillment, uh, uh, an, an awakening to the fact that there must be a higher, greater achievement which lies ahead of us. And this feeling, this is existential. The, now, we're, now our problems are no longer personal problems. These are existential problems. These are problems that all human beings have to face at this level, stage of development. <clears throat> you become aware of what is the meaninglessness of life, the purposelessness of life. Once you've reached, what is the Zen? There's a Zen koan that says, once you've climbed to the top of the 50-foot flagpole, then where do you go? There's nowhere else to go. So uh, it's a good sign, then, that we feel at this time. And this is why we're here, because we're interested in soul, God, and religion. That is where something, some uh, uh, taking a new tack on, on our focus, on our interest in life. Not following, realizing that the beaten path, uh, not following the beaten path of conventional wisdom, but kind of uh, looking for a new solution, looking for a new self. And uh, therefore we're beginning to get a deeper understanding, a deeper uh, understanding of the injunction here. Know thyself. Know thyself. The goal here <clears throat> is to know yourself. Well, okay. these are huge in, in philosophy. The whole, they go into the philosophy library, their whole racks of books on, on each one of these words. Know, self, 
So to know yourself, the self is the object of our knowledge. But we are beginning now, we can understand, we can see that this word has got, and we're using the word atma. We use atma is the word here, which means Sanskrit means self. And we spoke of the bodily self, your feeling self, your mind self, your intellectual self. And uh, the pratyagatma, that's your deeper unconscious self. And we can see here that there are different levels of description of yourself. The question is, if I ask who am I, what am I, who am I? Well, there's different levels of description about who am I. And uh, maybe we can use the analogy in Sanskrit. The, 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 the analogy here is of a, think about sugar. And uh, the question here is, let's say, not know, know thyself. The question here is, know sugar. What is sugar? That's our question. Grammatically, it's the same question. Know what is sugar? Now we can look at it and we can ask ourselves, well, sugar is, uh, uh, when you think about sugar, maybe you think of a sugar bowl with granulated sugar on your table. Maybe you think of a restaurant where they have cubes of sugar. Maybe you think about going into a Starbucks and you get a little packet, a white little packet, which has sugar in it. Maybe you think of going into a bake bakery, bake shop, you know, you powdered sugar. Maybe you think about it going to a, uh, to, to, <laughs> to a candy store and you get rock candy, which is just crystallized sugar. And so here we say, well, you could use all those descriptions, the, the, all those descriptions, that granulated stuff that's in the bowl, that's sugar. And that is called, in Sanskrit, that's called tatastalakshana. That means... It's a kind of a, the quality, it has the qualities, the tustalakshana means accidental qualities. These are qualities it has. That is, it may be in a cube, it may be granulated, it may be powdered, but these are accidental qualities. They're the tustalakshana. Now, if we were to ask deeper, okay, we know that sugar, it doesn't have to be in a cube. That's not really necessary could be granulated. It doesn't have to be granulated. It could be powdered. But certainly we know that it has to be white. And it has to be sweet. Okay, now we're seeing, now we're moving to a different level of description. It's called Swabhavalakshana. Same sugar. We're describing it now. We're seeing, okay, those qualities we talked about are incidental. But there are certain qualities which are Necessary. That is, it has to be white. Now you say, well, what about brown sugar? Well, that's not really, uh, that, that has a lot of molasses in it, right? So we have to, re- let's assume that we're talking about regular sugar. It has to be white. Certainly it has to be sweet. And, uh, and so we talk here, that is the swabhava lakshana. That is kind of the necessary quality of sugar. But you can see, too, that's not necessary. What about sugar that you, you give you salt and sugar? And, uh, well, it gives the, what, no, what if you give us, what if we give, it's got to be sweet. You say it's got to be sweet. What if you give you a little teaspoon of, of sweet and low or saccharin? You taste that. It's white. It's powder. 
It kind of a granulated, you taste it, it's sweet, but it's not sugar. So we can see that this, this also, the, the, the swabhava lakshana also, it is a necessary qualification for what we call sugar, but it is not uh, sufficient. That is necessary and sufficient cause. It's not, it, it doesn't absolutely have to be just because it's sweet, it may be saccharine. So the sweetness is not the essential thing about the sugar. Therefore, we have to look deeper. And what is the essential thing about the sugar? Well, we have, well then we have to go into a, a chemistry laboratory. We see it's C, they analyze. We find C12, H2O4. That's the essential. That's called the, the, the Swarupa Lakshana. That's the essential nature of the sugar. The sugar cube is C12, H2O4. But the C12, H2O4 is not a cube. The qualities of the one levels of description. These are different levels of description. And we can see too here, there is a shift in the word is. That is, there's the is of predication. There's the is of identity. Now we're interested in the is of identity. That what is the sugar? The sugar is. That is, it is identical with what? Sweetness? No. Identical with a cube, powder, granulate? No. It's identical with C12, H2O4. So uh, this is the, now the, our, in, in analysis. We're trying to do self-knowledge. Let's go back to the self. Forget about the sugar. We're going to go back to the self. Our purpose now is to find what is the essential thing about ourself. What is the essence about ourself? We don't deny the body, the mind, the heart, the feelings, the, the intellect. But we're looking for that which is essential. And uh, as to that, there's a story. In the uh, Chandogya Upanishad, about uh, Indra in Virochana, who approached the Lord Prajapati. Now, Indra is the Lord of the gods. He's the king of the gods. Virochana is the king of the demons. So both the... They both of them went to the great Lord Prajapati and asked this very question that we're asking this morning. What is, I want to know myself. What is the nature of the, what is the self? And Prajapati answered on that occasion. He said, go and look at yourselves in the water. And uh, what you don't understand come back and ask me about it. So both of them went to a pond of water, which is a bit like a, a pond there, kind of a serene, calm, placid pond, like, like, like a mirror. They looked in the, in the water. And Virochana, he looked and he said, and he remembered his question was, what is the self? He looked in, he said, look in the water. He looked in the water, and there he saw himself. And he's like, oh, thank you. Now I understand. <laughs> this, is, this is me, that's what I thought. So he was, he was very happy. He'd got his answer to his question. And so he returned to the world of the demons. But Indra, the king of the gods, he also, he looked into that um, water. And uh, he looked in the water, and, but he was not so easily satisfied. That is to say, 
He looked in the water and he saw himself. He said that I am the body, but then he began to analyze. He began to think about that, think about over, think that over. He says, yes, I identify with my body. I feel that I am my body, but on the other hand, if I look at that shimmering, the body seems to be changing. The body changes, is in constant flux. The body, this body, is an object. And I am aware of my body as I'm a subject. I'm aware of the subject. It can't be that the subject can't be the object. I'm a conscious being, and yet the physical material body that is, atoms and molecules are inert. They're jada. That means a conscious being and, a, and an unconscious object, which is changing. And so he began to think, how is it possible that uh, I am, that, that this is the answer to my question? I asked the self, how is it possible that this which I see, that is my body, is myself? So like this, he was confused. And following the instructions of the Lord Bajapati, he returned again and asked him again, uh, what is the self? And the Lord Prajapati answered, saying, that which moves around in dreams, that is immortal, that is fearless, that is Brahman, that is yourself. And so Indra began to think about that, that which is your dream body, that is your, your, like your, your subtle body, your mind body. Um, we identify with our thoughts and with our feelings and with our mind body. And uh, yet we know by the same kind of way he began, he began to think about that. And by a similar kind of thinking and analysis, he thought, yes, but that body, it grows, becomes old, it dies, it changes. And yet I somehow, I feel myself to be the same person. I'm a changeless, um, kind of the substratum of the body. Patanjali in the Yoga Sutras talks about the mind, that is our, the, the, the movement of our thoughts and feelings are like waves in the lake of the mind. And uh, how could I be that he th Indra was thinking the lake of the mind and the waves are falling, my thoughts and my feelings, but I am the observer of the lake. See, I'm the kind of the, the lake is there. How can I be identical with the lake? That is, it may be that it's my lake, <laughs> but I'm not, uh, it, it's not the, he began to question the is of identity. He became aware that, that Maybe that was not a satisfactory answer. That's not myself. I am what I am. That means I am identical with myself. And uh, just as we say with our body, when we begin to say, yes, I am the body, but when we begin to think a little deeper, we say, well, I don't mean that I'm identical with my body. I mean, this is my body. <laughs> That's what we mean. That is to say, we sh there's a shift. We shift in our in our logical claim. Actually, shifts there with the use of the changing of the meaning of the of the verb. So, uh, Indra, thinking like this, he said, uh, "What is this? This is not myself. This is what I want. Is my essential self." See, he's like the sugar. He's, he's good. He said, no, it's a, a sweetness maybe is not necessary. What is, what, what is the essence? What is the essence of myself? And uh, 
So the teaching then continues there in the Chandogya Upanishad. Then Prajapati teaches him the fundament, what is the fundamental teaching of the Vedanta philosophy. In your quest for self-knowledge, there's an end. There is a goal. It's not an endless, uh, <laughs> regresses ad infinitum of endless questioning and endless probing. No, there's an, an- there's an answer. That's the beauty of the Vedanta philosophy. <clears throat> it doesn't leave you with a big question mark hand hanging. There is an answer. Your essential self. What are you in your essential self? Well, the answer to that is, this is that you are, the body is your cell, the body is your the is yourself. That is to say, what we're asking here is now, what is yourself? With yourself with a capital S. The answer is that you are the self. You are the you are the Atman, is the Sanskrit word, Atman with a capital A. The body is yourself. That is the body is the Atman. But the Atman is not the body. The, the feelings, your thoughts and feelings are the Atman. But your Atman is not the thoughts and feelings. That is, you have to discriminate. The cube of sh- the cube is the C- C12H2O4. But the C12H2O4 is not a cube. So like that, you begin to read. Now we're going to the essential. What is our essential self? You are a divine, immortal soul. You're not, the, you're not, the, you're not in your essential nature, in your, in your swarupa uh, nature. You are... You, you are not the flesh and blood body. You're not the person that you think. You're not your thoughts and feelings. You are the observer. You're not the person that you think yourself to be. That is, you are the soul. You are the self. You are the spirit. The spirit is by nature, is by nature, metaphysical, transpersonal, transcendental. And it is, spirit is by definition, by nature, is unlimited. This is the teaching of the Upanishads. That you are by definition the spirit. You are unlimited. That means, unlimited means infinite. You have an infinite presence. That is, you are omnipresent. You have an infinite knowledge. You are omniscient. You, are, you have an infinite power. You are omnipotent. This is the true nature of yourself. And uh, this is our natural state. It's what we already are. The goal and purpose of our life is to abide in that essential self, in the Atman, the self with a capital S, the, the, uh, the Atman with a capital A. And uh, we can see then that this is the Injunction. The injunction is know thyself. Um, it's carried us a long way. And we've reached, that's the goal. That is to say, there's, when we talk about no, not self-knowledge, it's a whole spectrum of development. This quest for knowledge. Our knowing self and our, and our conception of ourself will evolve. And the idea is, is that self-knowledge is progressive. It's not endlessly progressive. It's to reach the goal, but up to the. Uh, but it, but it's progressive. That is, there is a, there's an evolution in the conception of ourself. And uh, 
Therefore, we have to begin with, our, with the obvious. Begin with the obvious. What's most obvious to us, I am myself, I am my body. Then we need to go deeper and deeper and understand the nature of the, what, what do we mean by this, in our quest for self-knowledge? Our, the center of gravity, of our identity, will gradually shift and we'll move more and more towards the, towards the essential nature of the self. That is, the whole point is, first you have to, before you can, you have to identify. You identify. You can't just, don't dissociate. Don't repress. You identify. Then you're the next day, you identify. Then you differentiate. Then you transcend. And then you include. And that's how growth happens until you reach the highest, the, the essential truth. Go from lower truth to higher truth and realize your true nature, which is the, that you are, a divine immortal soul, the Atman. And this is the ultimate, final meaning of the purpose of the ancient injunction. Know thyself. Om Dyo Oshantihi Antariksha Mishantihi Pritivi Shantihi Apashantihi O Shadaya Shantihi Vanaspataya Shantihi Vishwe Deva Shantihi Brahma Shantihi Saravam Shantihi Shantireva Shantihi Same Shantiredhi Om Shantihi, Shantihi, Shantihi. Om, peace is in heaven, peace is on the earth, peace is in the sky and in the waters. The herbs and plants and trees are full of peace. The gods are peaceful. May this eternal universal peace enter our souls and beings. Om, peace, peace, peace be unto us all. You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.